Welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sango, and today I'm bringing you an episode from the Digiday Future of TV Summit we recently held in California. Marketers need to think of ways going beyond the 30-second spot in TV. And with an increasing number of ad-free options for consumers, brands need to get more creative in how they reach the masses. In this conversation with David Lang at Mindshare, we break down the opportunities for agencies and marketers to make true branded TV. All right, so uh, David, I want to do uh, something a little bit different. Uh, uh, we're talking a lot about sort of like more, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word traditional advertising, but advertising within yeah. over-the-top premium environments. Uh, but th- let's, let's be honest, there's, there's a significant amount of viewing now happening inside ad-free environments. I think Netflix's sta- uh, 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 most recent statement around it a few months back was we, have, we now own 10% of all TV viewing in the US. That's mm-hmm. a significant chunk. Uh, it's only going to grow, right? And you also have Hulu's ad-free service. You have Amazon Prime. Um, that's a significant chunk, chunk of time that yes. I don't like what's that's a lot of time that advertisers used to have with people that they don't anymore, right? And I'd be curious as someone who is running sort so of a content business within an agency, yes. like what's the opportunity these days on these platforms? So. Well, opportunities, I think, is a, is a different question. Let's start with why. Okay. Um, like, how many millennials are in the room? Right. How many are either cord cord cutting or cord shaving? Exactly. So I think the huge reason is, you know, people aren't watching broadcast TV. Yeah. There's too much clutter. There's too much noise. And to your point, there's not enough placement. So what what do brands do? I think the key here is being relevant to your consumer and building a conversation. And that's why they're looking for streamers. That's why they're looking in these ad-free environments to create something different, because they have to. Right? They have to be part of the, the narrative story rather than interrupted. They have, to be, they have to create a narrative story on their own that consumers actually want to be a part of and want to watch, mm-hmm. and it's totally different. So I, I, I would love to get a sense of like, uh, what are specifically like some of more recent like opportunities I've seen that. I mean, I remember reading a story like Netflix is building some sort of like brand integrations yes. business, right? Where it's not obviously not traditional forms of advertising, but like there seem to be play, ways to get into these environments. Okay, so so what Netflix is doing now is it, last year the discovery issue started really hard with Netflix, right? Because they do so much content, right? Last year was I think ten billion. This year is twelve million dollars. So part of the consumer issue is discovering programs. Mm-hmm. So they hired an agency called 124 mm-hmm. to basically sell movie promotion marketing type sponsorships for their shows to help discovery. So it's not integrations into shows, okay. but it's helping to promote them externally okay. so consumers can then discover the shows. Right. Now, um, they did that last fall and it's, it's it's a slow growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to get integrated into Netflix, you have to go through the production side because they don't have an ad sales side. Right. They don't have an integrated marketing side like a lot of the other networks. Mm-hmm. So what you do is if you know the production company, mm-hmm. then you call them and say, hey, what about an integration into the show? Mm-hmm. A great example. I was talking to a friend of mine who has three shows on Netflix. He's an EP. So, and it's a, a show where they're flipping homes, mm-hmm. okay? So last year he called Netflix and he said, hey, um, we need some brands because we need furniture and things like that because we're flipping homes and you know, we need trade outs. Mm-hmm. Netflix said, we will up your budget. Don't want to deal with brands, okay? okay? This year they get renewed mm-hmm. and he has the same call and they said, no problem, you can work with brands, but you work with them. 
Okay. Because we, we, we don't have the ability to. But that's a significant change, right? For them yes. saying no not, no, not at all in any circumstance. To 100%. Like, okay, as long as we don't have to. And, and that's, that's the thing. When we talk about streamers nowadays, think of it as a snapshot in time. It's not their business model. It's mm -hmm. just where they are right now at this very moment. Mm -hmm. So Netflix, I bet next year, will be more and more open to it. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll you know, bring in people internally. Who knows? But it's ever evolving. Let's look at Amazon. Mm -hmm. So uh, talking to a buddy of mine at Amazon a couple of weeks ago who said, um, I said, are you doing integrations? No, not really. Mm -hmm. We want it to be a pure premium, overused word, premium environment. OK. How are you promoting your shows? We are spending our dollars. Mm -hmm. And I said, give me an example. Um, so remember the TV version of Jack Ryan last fall on Amazon? Yep. So they did a partnership, a media partnership with Vice mm -hmm. to get a real life Jack Ryan talking about like what being that kind of you know, real life person is. Mm -hmm. And then they intercut movie clips and they did like a six episode series on Vice. Okay. So that was your media partnership, but they paid for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Then at Comic-Con, they did a whole experiential thing around Jack Ryan. Once again, they paid for the whole thing. Now they're starting to open it up to brand partnerships, and, but very selective and looking at the right brands to do mm -hmm. it. Do you see uh, how much of that is sort of driven by, just one last question on that specific, uh, those two, maybe specifically just Netflix, even like how much of that do you see it being driven by like the, the narrative on this, these companies is they sort of need more content. They need more, more volume of original content. They can't necessarily maybe fund all of that on their own, so they are more amenable to however sort of different kind of funding relationships can exist between external production partners, right, in creating this content. And that always seems to be like a great way for a brand to get in, because like, hey, we'll help fund some of your show that's going to be on Netflix. Like, we're gonna put that right. money up, and they're cooler with it because they sort of need that volume of stuff on the platform. So I, I would reframe that, okay. that, that kind of question and answer. When I've talked to Netflix, they said, first and foremost, mm -hmm. our business model is all subscriptions. Mm -hmm. So we bring in shows, we pay for shows that we believe will increase subscriptions, and more importantly, globally, mm -hmm. right, because that's where their expansion is. So, and I, and I asked a specific question because we have a couple of brands that are interested, and I used to be right, NEP in television. Mm -hmm. They said, what do you need for the pitch? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you used to be a t television producer. What do you bring? And the creative team, Bible, characters, treatments. He said, that's it. Mm -hmm. He said, we don't care that they're funding a show. He goes, we have enough money to do that. Mm -hmm. We only want to, you know, we'll do a brand deal, although they've never done one yet, mm -hmm. only if it helps with Priority number one, subscriptions. Mm -hmm. Now the two they've kind of danced on is, one was with Goop that was announced in February, Gwyneth Paltrow's yeah. digital, right? Um, That's a nicer way of putting it, but yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm being nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a digital publisher for those who don't know, and Gwyneth's behind it, lifestyle, um, wellness, et cetera. So they did a deal with her, and it's a reality show, and it's Gwyneth, her chief content officer and an editor, and it's all about wellness. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, does Goop get short form content to promote? Does Goop get like aftermarket kind of short? He goes, nope. Straight TV deal, we believe Gwyneth will bring in eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other one they did uh, last October was Formula One. So Formula One wants mm -hmm. to become more of a media entertainment thing. Mm -hmm. So they gave Netflix un unfiltered access to all their races, and they're doing a 10-episode docu-soap. Have you seen that one, by the way? Just really quickly, it's uh, a great show. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. So, so, so that is like the two deals, and Formula One, you could say, is a brand, is not a brand, it's still or whatever. It's sports league, so it kind of dances around that, yeah. Exactly. So, I'd be curious, uh, 
I don't want to make this entirely thing about Netflix, but I just want one final question. And I want to know if we agree on this. Um, uh, the, the thing I hear a lot these days, uh, you know, you get uh, mostly from the marketing side, uh, whether it's agencies or, or clients, like, give me like a bold prediction. The bold prediction is always Netflix will one day have ads. Ads in the, hmm. in the traditional sense. Do you believe that? Because I don't think it's happening anytime soon. No. No. And what would, sort of, what would your argument be for, like, don't expect that? It might be down the, ride, you, down the road, you never know what happens, but like the near, ter- near future, why do you not see that happening? Well, once again, snapshot in time, they don't need to. Mm-hmm. They are growing. International is a, is a huge open canvas for them. Mm-hmm. They're growing by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and more importantly, their consumers have said they don't want it. Yeah. Like the number one thing, it was funny because we, we, we did a presentation uh, to a brand a few weeks ago. The number one consumer pushback on Netflix or anybody else is like, hey, I'm paying to not see, brand, to not see ads. Mm-hmm. So what are you talking about? I don't want to see ads. I, I'm paying you a monthly fee. And like a huge portion said, if you start showing me ads, I'm out. Right. So that's why I would say that. That's right. Oh, the, the good thing is they're not the only players in the space, Correct. right? Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about, um, uh, uh, on, that, on that, that sort of topic of, of being like a studio, like a television studio, like mm-hmm. a television producer, um, that is not something necessarily uh, a, a lot of agencies or, or brand marketers are doing or want to do. Obviously, you have Correct. famous examples like the Red Bulls and, 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 and the Nikes and whatnot. Uh, what's, well, how are you guys kind of looking at that? Because that, that is an area you guys are, yeah. are, are spending a great deal of time in and actually being a tradition, like a producer versus, you know, yeah. just like, yeah. So I'm kind of in a, in a um, unique spot, right? Yeah. So I run content at Mindshare and oversee stuff at Group M. Mm-hmm. Um, but having television relationships mm-hmm. have allowed me to have TV conversations because I can bring with it credibility as a former EP. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've built our, our engine at Mindshare for those who care or don't know. Um, we've done over 700 programs and we have everything from, you know, we do six second ads to 60 minute television shows, global DCO to digital mobile social content. So we're, we have a creative group sitting inside a media agency. Mm-hmm. On the long form side, um, it's been really interesting. I've been going back into my old world and my old, own, old, you know, wearing the old hat um, and just being very careful and selective, but bringing to these networks long form show ideas just like we, I was a production company. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've had great discussions to date. Um, and we'll see if we, uh, we sell anything. Well, I'll be curious. Uh, let's start with the, uh, I'll ask the what in a second. Okay. Uh, um, uh, but uh, the why, like, it's, it's a media agency. Why even attempt this? Because this is not an inexpensive endeavor to be producing for television, especially on the long form side, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, why, why do it? Why was it important for, for Mindshare as a company to be like, this is a thing that we want to do? Well, I, I think it's, um, it's one of those things where I, I, I've driven it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we do short form, we do long form. Mm-hmm. And if we have the credibility in the marketplace to sell something and to, and to bring in revenue, and then most importantly, give our clients first opportunity to be integrated into it or to sponsor it, it gives them value, it brings us revenue, and it differentiates us in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. 
So it, it's a pretty simple equation. It's not like that is where we're focusing. Mm -hmm. That is just one of many areas where you know our business is growing and developing. Do you see it? Uh, 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 I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought it up in terms of like the, the different ways it can bring value back. But like from from a business perspective, do you look at that as re a revenue generating opportunity for Mindshare first, or is it like here's another thing? Here's one of the things that we can offer clients and say like this is. Uh, an opportunity we can provide for you that is a little bit different and differentiated mm -hmm. than maybe most of the market? Or is it simply like, hey, this is a P&L. We can make money by producing shows for television. So it's a very simple answer. Yeah. When I first started Mindshare, I came over from the TV side. I knew nothing about media agencies and the agency world. And a very good friend of mine sat me down. And he said, I will tell you one thing and repeat after me three times. Clients are your life and your livelihood. Mm -hmm. And he said, remember that, always, always, always. Mm. And it's a, an extremely true statement from where I sit. Mm. So the most important thing and the most important reason we would do this is it, is it offers something to our clients. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all agency, every company here is in the business to make money. So no one's saying that, oh, look at us, we're doing this thing just as a point of differentiation. differentiation. Yeah. Sure, it makes money, and that's important. But first and foremost is value to the clients. I'd be curious, so uh, on that note, uh, what have you sold recently? What can you tell me? I can't. I mean, we're, we're, in, we're in discussion. So long form, I can't say anything. It's long form, you can't say anything? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious, uh, look, I mean, one of the benefits of being uh, 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 sort of mindshare mm -hmm. and, and, and being at Group M, you sort of have the resources uh, 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 and, the, and, and really, honestly, the, the money to do something like this, right? Because you can't just, you can't like do this like half-assed, uh, 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 so to speak. Um, what goes into it, though? I'm kind of curious, right? Because hmm. you, you, going back to what you were saying about Netflix, like how, 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 how can we successfully sell a show to you? Have a Bible? Have a creative team? Like, what's the cost that kind of go into building something that's not just, you know, oh yeah, we want to do TV, but like, there's two guys here. So, so being a former writer, producer, director, yeah. I call my friends and I say, hey, we're taking this idea out. What do you think of it? Do you want to be, do you want to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. um, and these people that are sellable to networks or streamers, mm -hmm. right? So it's a situation where I'm building my creative team just like I used to. Mm -hmm. um, we're not calling CAA, we're not calling WME, like we're calling friends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we did um, uh, In the Motherhood back in the day, right, which is our first ever web series that went to broadcast TV, my mm -hmm. director was Gail Mancuso. Gail's won like two Emmys for Modern Family, et cetera. So Gail's a friend. So I called her in December on something I was developing, and I'm like, hey, Gail, da 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 da, you want it? She's like, I'd love to be a part of it. Right. Great, so now I got my director. But it's all about relationships and credibility and respect and friendships. Because when you're in the trenches with somebody and you know you've, you know, you've created great things in the past, you, know, you kind of want to work with those people again and they hopefully want to work with you. So like everything else in life, have the connections and the, and the relationships there. Like, do, you, like, do you have advice? I'd be curious. Uh, uh, for those that are interested in like, investing in this area. Mm -hmm. But again, don't have your background, don't have the, the, the sort of the name Group M and, and Mindshare attached to it. Like, are there like legitimate ways for them to play in, in this area in terms of specifically ad-free environments, long-form television, like, you know, places that are not necessarily a lot of shorter like digital content? It's really, really, really hard. Okay. I mean, it's hard for someone like me and it's hard for, for anybody because, you know, if you think about to, to get through the gauntlet, 
the network or streamer wants to know what's the vision of the show, what's the perspective, and is the person that I'm across the table from, can they actually bring that to life? Mm -hmm. So when you say fade up from black and what do you see, can you paint that picture for that person mm -hmm. in a way that just envelops them and gets them sold on it? Mm -hmm. And you know, then you have to have all the right people around the table to be able to execute you mm -hmm. know, with you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, right. but I think if you have the right idea and the right people, you know, around you, then, then you got a, a shot, but it's, it's hard. That's fair. Uh, one other area I wanted to kind of, uh, kind of go into, uh, SVOD as sort of the term, not that I really wanted to go into acronyms uh, Please more than don't. we already have. <laughs> uh, but outside of the, you know, ad-free subscription services, we know, again, Netflix, that, yeah. that, that side of Hulu, uh, Amazon, et cetera. Over the past, year, maybe two years, I think, I at least hear more about how free ad-supported video is, is growing, right? Pluto TV, the Tubies of the world, uh, Roku has its own channel, Amazon's right. got free dive now. It's like, you know, a lot of it has premium stuff, right? It has right. feature-like movies, has TV shows. Uh, but one thing I've sort of noticed is there have at least been some early attempts, uh, and I can't really like name all of them right now, but like there have been some attempts to to be like, okay, well, if I'm Pluto TV and I'm available to free to, uh, customers, why does every channel have to be just from a traditional publisher or a network or a programmer, right? Uh, I'd be curious, like, do you see any meaningful or, or, or significant opportunities there for branded content within those environments where it's no longer about like having a show in an ad-free environment that right. has maybe higher barriers, right? Like, I'm just curious, like, with the, well, the volume of stuff that you guys produce for clients, yep those seem like places that you could distribute on that have some level of audience. I'm just curious, is that something you see as a meaningful opportunity? So a key word there is meaningful. Yeah. Because the first question clients always ask is, what's the scale? Yeah. So I was talking to Pluto TV actually two weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, and they said, we're open for business. Yeah. Like, we'll take it. We'll sure. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they have a decent amount of, you know, homes and things like that. But... Um, it wouldn't be primary source of distribution. It would have to be secondary. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also think, you know, part of the overall conversation, too, is when, when we get in these conversations like streaming, you know, ad-supported, non-ad-supported, blah, 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 when we're working with brands and creating these, these big ideas, the most important thing is think of it like an orchestra. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of different instruments in an orchestra, and they all have to play in sequence. Mm -hmm. So you're not just doing streaming. If, if, if you're doing anything long form, streaming, broadcast cable, et cetera, what's your short form strategy? Where is it living in digital? How does it complement? What are you doing in social? Mm -hmm. How does it tie in with experiential? You know, blah, are you pushing to lower funnel? Mm -hmm. Is it all a, it's, it's, it's a three-dimensional choreographed dance. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of times people go, hey, we're doing a long form show but there's all this other stuff they should be you know, helping you know, with the investment that will make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. So you know, whether it's Pluto TV um, you know, or streamers or cablers or whatever, I think it's really important to look at the overall landscape when you're creating a program and seeing all the different levers you can pull to help move the brand. We do on, on, in that regard and to maybe go away from like what traditional forms of uh, the streaming services that we're talking about, where do um, uh, like, YouTube and Facebook still sit in that regard, right? Where do some of these publishers that are big on YouTube and Facebook sit in that regard? Do you, are they still worth, or again, using the same word again, as meaningful as they were maybe even a year or two year ago, years ago? I'd be curious in terms of, again, branded So content. like, so you, let's like Facebook Watch? Sure, you, yeah, so like is that, is that like, it seems like not, it's 
got a lot of stuff, but no one's really watching it. Yeah, I would agree. I, 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 my personal opinion is I think Facebook Watch has not found its voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I've sat down with Ricky and, and, you know, understand what they're trying to do. You know, it's either really super-duper niche, passionate stuff or broad pop culture, and then they use the word premium, which is like, you know, LeVar Ball, I'm sorry, is not premium. So, you know, when you LeVar have... LeVar Ball would have a different answer. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he would. Yeah. Um, so I think they struggle tremendously. Also, you know, now Facebook is focusing more on communities and friends again. Mm-hmm. So Facebook Watch isn't being promoted in feed as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's really hard to get the views. Um, uh, so I, I think they're in a really tough spot. And also, their investment levels are not what they said they would be okay. a year, year and a half ago. You yeah. know, remember when, what was that quote? We're going to spend a billion dollars? Yeah. No, not, like not even close. Not anymore. No, yeah, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think they did then either. Okay. So um, I think that's kind of hurt them. You know, YouTube has had every incarnation known to man, and they're still trying to find their footing. Mm-hmm. So you had what, YouTube Red, you had Originals. Yeah, it's YouTube Premium, now it's Originals. And that, and that Red was in between. Well, and, I think it was Red, then it became Premium, and then they had ad-free Originals, and now they're ad-supported Originals, and I don't know, I guess right. a lot. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a, you know, a mess, and they're just trying to clear up for ad safety. Cool. Any publishers that you think, like, yeah, I still work with them, they're worth it? Um, you know, from the digital publishers, I think this yeah. is going to be a really interesting year. Because I think the, the digital darlings of the past five or six years ago with the gigantic valuations. Not doing so hard. Right? Not doing so hard. And, and it's time to, to pay the piper. And, and you know, so you see you know, a, a lot of layoffs and things like that because they haven't been able to monetize the content that they thought they were going to monetize at those levels. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be an interesting year of transition on the digital publisher side. Great. Well, David, I think we're out of time. That was amazing. Thank you so much for me. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, then please... Subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm Aditi Sangal, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.